Okay, here we go. Good morning, Chavra. Today's daf is daf Samech Vav, page 66. In Hedegim Masechus Babakama, we're going to pick up on the bottom of Samecheyom Debeis. And we're going to start from, pick up from Omar Rav Sheshes. Right, we'll pick up from Omar Rav Sheshes. Um, Beis Shamayhi, which is five lines from the bottom of Samechei Omud Beis. The third word on the line is Omar Reb Sheshes. So let's uh, just remind ourselves of what we're trying to clarify. So about halfway up on the Omud, we had a statement from Rebbe Elah. Okay? Now Rebbe Elah said that if somebody steals a lamb that ended up uh, a sheep, that ended up becoming a ram, or if he stole a calf that ended up becoming an ox. So since it changed physically in his domain, if he now, the thief, now shechts it or sells it, it's considered as if he shechted or sold his own animal. Because since a change happened in his domain, it's as if he shechted or sold his animal and he's not mechayiv to pay back four or five times the amount. Okay, So what's Rabbi Law saying? In the middle of Samachim Beis, what did he say? That if an animal matures in your domain and then you shechted or sell it, it seems that you're not obligated to pay four or five times the amount. Now what we need to clarify, and this is where we're going to pick up to, to start out the conversation, five lines to the bottom of Samachim and Beis with Amr Rav Sheshes, is we're going to come to try to explain how, um, how Rav Sheshes is going to, I'm sorry, how Rabbi Law is going to explain the Brisa, which says that you do pay Dalit Vahey. Because according to him, well, according to Rabbi Law, when it matures, it happened in your domain, so you slaughtered your thing, it seems you shouldn't pay. But the Brisa says you do. So this is what we're going to come to try to answer. Oh my Rav Shesh says, five lines to the bottom. Here we go. Rav Shesh says, home money. Rav Law is going to say, I know I don't fit with the Brisa, but the Brisa is a specific opinion. That Brisa is the opinion of Beis Shamayhi. Here we go. The Amri Beis Shamayhi says, Sheen, even when a change happens, when you steal something, it does not become yours. He says Rav Law like this. I hold... And we'll see who he's following. If a change happens in the thief's domain, he now has ownership. So now that he owns it, listen, if he shechts it and eats some steaks, he's eating his own steaks. So you're still just going to pay back Kefa. But Bishamai did not agree with me. Bishamai does not agree with that approach because they hold the tiny. We learned in a Bchaisa. If somebody gives a prostitute, wheat as payment, Vasan Saila, she changes it into flour. Zaysim where you give her olives, Vasan Shemen, she makes olive oil. Anovim you give her grapes, Vasan Yayin, she made wine. Tani Chodo Osir. One Brysa says, you cannot use any of these products. On the Mizbeach, it's all, even though it's changed from its original form, it's called Esnan Zaina, it's called payment to a Zaina, and and uh, it keeps its original status. However, Vatani Chada, another Brisa says, Mutter, you could use it. It's different. You paid her wheat kernels, and now she made flour. Flour, you didn't give her, so you could use the flour for a Karba Mencha as an example. The Amar Abiyazi says, Tani Gorion de Me Aspork, Gorion from the city of, As- of Aspork says, Beishamai Eisen. Beishamai is the one who says that when you pay with kernels and she makes it flour, you cannot use it. Why? 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 Because they obviously hold change in the domain of the thief. Ain't going to do nothing. Ubisol Matir. Ubisol says Mutter. So what's what, what's Rav Shesha saying? Rav Shesha is like this. Ravila, who said 
that when the sh- when the sheep becomes a ram, or the um, calf becomes an ox, it's it's considered like you acquired it and you don't pay dollar bay. He says, I follow Beis Hillel, who says that change does matter. So if you change the kernels to the flower, it does matter. It's changed now. You could use it as a carbon. But the Brisa, which seems to argue on me, is the opinion of Beis My Bottom line is, says Rav Sheshes to support Rav Hillel. Ah, he doesn't fit with the Brisa. The Brisa seems to say you don't acquire it. Very nice, he doesn't fit with the Brysa. He's got another Brysa, that's Beis Hillel. And eh, God's fine to follow the opinion of Beis Hillel. Okay? Says Gemara. Okay, so now that we explain that there's a dispute between Beis and Beis Hillel, when you pay a zaina with wheat, and it becomes, and it's changed to flour, can I use it on top of the Mizbeach? Can I use it as a carbo? My time at the Beis What's the reason for Beis who says, you cannot use it as a carbon, which means the fact that the change didn't do anything. The Chsif, it says in the Pasuk. Gam. Also this. What does also this mean? This is referring to Esnan Zaina. When a person pays, uh, when a person pays a, a, a Zaina with a product, it says Gam. Also this. This is also a disgusting thing to bring on the Mizbeach. To include things that have changed. Behil's going to say only that's a problem. But if it's changed from its original state, it's not a problem. What's Beishamai going to say back to Beishamai? They say, no, the word hem means, hahu, that's coming to teach me, top of today's daf, hem, only that is a problem, but not its offspring. So let's say I give an animal as payment to a zaina. Um, let's call it a cow. Okay, um, The cow cannot be brought as on the mezbeach. What about any uh, babies that that cow has? That could be brought on the Mizbech. It says, hem, hem, these can't be brought on the Mizbech, but its offspring could. That's what I learned now from it. U Beisil, how does Beisil, now Beisil used hem to teach me these, and also um, uh, these are a problem, but not things it's been changed to. What do they use? The, so how are they going to know that children are okay? Tartish shametli, they learn both. Hem v'loim shinayim, hem v'loim v'loim Only these are a problem. These means... The children, the offspring are not a problem. And anything it's changed into. It's not a separate drusha. See, the word hem says basil means this. If it's not this, you're fine. Which means the offspring are fine. The changes are fine. We clear out both of those from the same word. I get how basil is going to do that. But, see, Bishamai brought a source. Bishamai said, this is also an abomination. Bishamai said, you know what also means? Also that with this... That, also that which it has been changed into, you cannot bring on the Mizbeach. Beis Hill says you could bring changes on the Mizbeach. So what do they do with the word also? Beis Hill hugs it gam. It says gam. Gam le Beis Hill kashi. Right, it's a problem. Uh, we, we don't know what Beis Hill does with the word gam. It's not a strong enough a question to prove Beis Hill wrong. I don't know what they're going to do with it. There, there's a gap over here. But Lamaisa Bishamai holds the changes cannot be brought on the Mizbech. They still hold the changes could be brought on, on top of Mizbech, which means it's different than it was originally. Says Rabbi Lo, that's where I'm coming from as well. When I say that when you steal an animal that now matures, it's changed, and you shechted or sell it, it's as if you shechted, you slaughtered or stole your, or sold your thing, and you don't pay dollar behe. Why? Because it's different. Now, now it changed, it became mine. I'm, I'm following the opinion of Beis Hillel. Okay. Says the Gemara, 
Now, we were explaining the opinion of Ravi Law, who says that when things change, you acquire it. The other opinion, which was Rabbi Hanina, said, you do not acquire it. And therefore, even if you shacht it or sell it, you do pay Where are they arguing? They're arguing about whether Shinoi is kind of, whether changes affect a, um, uh, a, a Kenyan, you're, you're acquiring it. But what about payment? Everybody's going to agree that you got to pay by the original value at the time of the theft. That when you pay back for... Now, there's an assumption. We learned... See, yesterday we learned that when you steal an animal, that the value changes. So the principal payment, you go at the time of theft. The additional payments, the doubling, the four or five times, you go by... The uh, you go by the time of Hamad Abedin, the time that you're taken to court, and the court adds on those uh, those additional payments. Says the Gemara, let's say that maybe everybody agrees that Lenin Tashlum and Kuli Yamad is going to agree that you always pay all payments at the time of theft, and it doesn't go by Hamad Abedin at all. Now, why would I say that both Rabbi Law and Rabbi Hina would agree with this, which is again not in sync? With the approach that we had yesterday, Diktani, because we learned you pay double or four or five times the amount like the time that it was stolen. which seems to be an upslag on Rav that we learned. The Rav, Rav said, Yesterday we learned that the additional payments you go by when you're taken to court. What's the value of the animals? If I stole a five hundred dollar animal, I pay back five hundred dollars. Now, when I stand in court, the animal's worth 400 bucks. What's my additional payment? Doubling's going to be go, says Rob, 400. Over here, you have Rabbi Law and Rabbi Shesha saying, it's going to be 500. They're back to buy a price. It's when it's born, when it's stolen, or when it comes to court. Is that what they're arguing about? They're arguing about the... They're arguing about two things. Okay? Let's say like this. Rabbi Law and Rabbi Shesha Rabbi Law and Rabbi Hanina are arguing a about what happens if you if you steal a young animal which matures, right? They first there's a dispute about whether or not um, it's considered an acquisition, and each one has a tana backing them up. Rav Hanina has Beishamai backing them up. Rabbi Law has Beisilo backing them up. The Gemara now says, but both. Even though they argue over there about whether or not you acquire it, they'll both agree that whenever you do make a payment, it's going to go, it's going to, what, what value do you pay? You pay the value at the time of theft. So if I stole a sheep, even though I'm acquiring it now, but that sheep was worth $500 and now it went up to $700, I only need to pay the principal amount at the time that I stole it. I'm going to have to pay $500. What about the, the KFAL payment? What about the doubling payment? Okay, so Gemara says they also agree that the double payment is also going to go from the time of theft. However, Rav that we learned yesterday says that the double payment is going to, not going to go by the time of theft. You're going to have to pay from whenever to, whatever the value was when you stood in court. So if it went up in value, you're actually going to pay 500 on the principal payment. And then for the KFL for stealing the double payment, we're going to say your second payment is 700 bucks. Because that's its current value when we stand you in court. That's what Rav's going to say, but Ravi, Ravi Law and Ravi Hanina 
say otherwise. So that's our question now. That's what we need to clarify. What do we do with this? Amar Rav, Rav explains, When it comes to a tla, when it comes to a young sheep, you go by the time of the theft. But if, you, if you're using money, then you pay the current value. Current value. Okay? Which means like this. If I steal a sheep, I could pay back two sheep. One sheep, two sheep, three sheep, four. If I pay cash... Then I have. Then I follow the. Uh, then I follow the value of the animal at the time of Hamada Bedin. So, which means like this: I steal a sheep. I give back a sheep. Double. I give back two sheep. What if I don't have two sheep? What am I going to pay? So you're going to pay cash. If you're paying cash, you can't just give a second sheep and walk away and say, "Oh, I pay double." We're now going to say, "Oh." The second payment, your double payment, is going to go by Ahmad Abedin. That's going to either be higher or lower than it was previously. And hence, there's no question on Rav. Oh, my Rabbi, Rabbi says, let me tell you something. This whole idea that when something changes in my domain, it gives me an acquisition. Let's pause for a minute. I steal something from you. Is it mine? Or is it yours? So one thing, we, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. I'll tell you why many of us are thinking you don't acquire it. Because it's not yours. What you do to acquire it? The problem with that is, it's problematic. It's a, it's a disadvantage to the owner though, if I don't acquire it. Because let's say something goes wrong with it. If I've never acquired it, so now I could just, can I say to the guy I stole it from, hey, it was your animal that died, I'm sorry. The animal had a heart attack. I steal an animal that had a heart attack a day later. If we're going to say I don't acquire it, suddenly it's your animal that had a heart attack, what's it got to do with me? So it actually works at a disadvantage of the victim. So there's times where we want to make Geneva kindness. So that, but that's going to be a conversation that, uh, that's, going to, that's going to come up shortly. What we want to know here is separate from that. If I take something from you, stolen, and it changes, now the fact that it changes, does it give me an acquisition or not? And if it does give me an acquisition, I want to know why. See, if it changes, I could hear, I could have a much stronger understanding of why I acquired it. It's, it's push it different from that which I stole. It's a much a different thing. Right? right? So what happened? Yeah, go ahead, Michael. Owning it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean he owns it. He's just responsible for it. That doesn't mean he was cone it. Excellent. He's responsible. Beautiful. Michael's asking, well, maybe you could, you could create a middle ground where you don't acquire it, but you're responsible for it. Okay? What would that be called, though? Let me ask you a question, Michael. What does Kenyan do for me in the first place? What does ownership do for me? When you take ownership on something, is it more than taking responsibility or is it taking responsibility? So, uh, uh, yeah, it's taking, it's taking, well, I don't know. Right. Uh, But I hear what you're saying. So I'll tell you what I think what you were, what we were thinking in your question is that A, you're taking responsibility. B, it gives you rights to this for its usage and for the gains from it, right? It's not only, 
right? Sometimes we feel in life that uh, the secretary in Torah prep has a has a little blurb behind her desk which says, uh, "Around here, I have a very responsible position. Every time something goes wrong, I'm responsible." That's right. Sometimes we view that comes up in life. <laughs> sometimes they right. It's like I don't know. All I know is that you know. Sometimes I feel in my house like this. You know, it's like what's my job to take responsibility. You know, that's uh, and and every once in a while I meet some little kid running around the house. I'm like, where'd you come from? Right. But uh, that's that's when things go wrong. That's when things go wrong. When things go right, then nobody needs me. <laughs> when things are uh, all right, fine. Says the Gemara like this. So fascinating. No, but we have to clarify all these things. We have to clarify all these things. What is ownership? What is Kenyan? When do I take responsibility? Why is Shinoi Kaina in general in my Kaina? So here we go. Amar Rabba. Rabba says, Shinoi Kaina. When something changes after it's stolen, I acquire it. Why? Ksiva Vitanina. Because there's a Pasuk, and this Pasuk is brought down, Halach in the Mishnah. Ksiva says in the Torah, you should stole, you should return that which you stole. Which, by the way, is a good trivia question. Does a Yid want to fulfill all 613 mitzvahs? Not necessarily. Because one of the 613 mitzvahs is, return a stolen object that you stole. <laughs> so, halavai, uh, we shouldn't have to do that mitzvah, right? So, v'heshevesegzeil you return that which you stole. Which means you should return it. When do you return it? If it's in the same situation as when you stole it, then you give it back. And if not, you just pay the value, but you hold on to it. So again, you return the gazela that you stole. If it's not what I stole because it changed, you don't give it back. What do you do? You give value. Tanina, we learned through this in our Mishnah. If I steal wood, and now I make a bunch of, I carve out wooden cereal bowls. Tzemer, I steal wool. I turn it into garments. I don't give you back the garment. I don't give you back the created bowls. I give back the value of the wood. Inami. And we also learned, If, you have somebody who owns wool. He's obligated to give some of it to the Kayan. Let's say it's now died. The Allah is putter. He doesn't have to give the uh, the first shearings to the Kayan. You see from over here in both these halachas, the fact that it changed it makes it that you hold on to it. You are now owning it. Okay? So Rabbah says, I have a proof. You only return it if it's in the same situation as when you stole it. And we find two Mishnayis where there's, this is Paskin Lehalacha. Now, Yish, what happens if the owner gives up hope on something? And this is a fascinating concept, crucial, crucial for Bavakama and Nizikin in general. And that's like this What is ownership? What gives me ownership? Lahalacha, the das, my mind gives me ownership. It's a fascinating idea. We don't think often about what ownership is. The essence of ownership means that my mind is on and is responsible for this item. 
So which means, if I find something which is hefker, ownerless, what made it ownerless? Two options. A, there's never been an owner since the time of creation. B, it used to have an owner who gave up on it. It's not worth it for the owner to hold on to it. Okay? So, how would you know it? I find a tissue box on the floor on the floor of the street with three tissues inside of it. Only a mashugana is interested in putting in the effort to get back three tissues. I could assume that whoever dropped it was miyaish on it, gave up ownership, and I absolutely uh, just take that. If I find a dollar bill on the street, a single dollar, there's no sign on it or anything, you take that dollar bill. Because the assumption is any normal person is not putting in the effort to walk around town to look for a single dollar bill. Okay? So, but what, but what allows me to keep that dollar laying on the street? Not, nothing to do with me. It's that there's nobody else's mind withholding it from me. It's fascinating. There's nobody's brain getting in the way of my ownership. Hence, I can place my mind on this object. And now I take ownership so nobody else could take it from me. Ownership is das. And this is fantastic in life, by the way. It's fantastic in life. Things that we put our minds to, things that we care about, things that we don't give up on, we own. Once we give up on something, we don't own it. Okay? We can give up on ourselves. We can give up on parts of ourselves. We can give up on certain parts of our lives. Things, dreams that we had, things that, that used to exist. But the moment I removed my mind from it, I lost ownership. It's now gone. Okay, it's Hefker. It never, it never really, uh, it, it was never created in, uh, in the first place. It's coulda, shoulda, woulda. But it's, it's stuck there. There's no ownership on it and, and kaka. And it's just, uh, it's left out there. So, Shinoi is kind of. Now, Yish, what about, what about despair? So, Amri Rabbanon, the Rabbanon say, Dinikni. That if, uh, if I steal something and the owner who I stole it from gave up hope, I also acquire it, even though it didn't change at all. But we don't know if you acquire it biblically or rabbinically. Now, what are the, what are the options here? Do I acquire it biblically when the owner who I stole it from gives up hope? Similar to when somebody loses an object. We know when somebody loses ownership. What's the halacha? When somebody get abandons on something that, uh, that he lost, the finder, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Because at the time that I found it, the owner had to get ready given up hope. Hainami, so in this case as well, kiman demiayish, since the owner has given up hope, marakadile. Uh, so there's a new, uh, there's a new uh, acquisition in town. The thief, the god of, is acquiring it. Al makanisi, see that yish from the original owner, despair from the original owner, Makes an acquisition for the thief. Now keep in mind, the thief still needs to pay back. He needs to pay back. But the question is, has he now acquired it in a way where if somebody steals from him, it's like you stole from the second guy now. Okay? Or perhaps, stealing theft is not like, uh, is not like a lost object. Why? Because by, by a found object, guess what happened? 
Did I do anything wrong? No. When I picked up the lost object, they came into my hand in a permissible way. I actually had a mitzvah to pick this thing up. But when I stole it, I did it against halacha, it was usher, forbidden. So then, it's only rabbinic that it, uh, it gives me ownership. Now, if it's rabbinic, the rabbinic could decide how the ownership works. Maybe you're only responsible, you're only an owner vis-a-vis achrayis, uh, but maybe you're not an owner as far as, you know, rights to use it. say You acquire it just to protect the original owner, which is the logic that we said earlier. Let's explain. If I steal something from you, and you don't, and, and if I steal something from you, and I don't acquire it, if something goes wrong, what's going to happen? You're going to have to take a tough, right? I'll tell you something else. I'll tell you something else that's important. And that Chazal keep in mind, the fascinating uh, psychology. And that is, the Chachamim knew that the ways of the Torah are pleasant and the goal is to bring Shalom. Now it has to fit the parameters of Messiah, of Drasha, from Chazal. They knew that the Torah is here to allow the mitzvahs to be as easy as possible and to make our life as easy as possible. So they made Takana Sashavim. It's a fascinating decree that Chav made. And they said like this. Granted, it says in the Torah, you return the, law, the, the stolen object that you took. Okay? What happens if I steal a beam? Because I want to build a shed. I want to build a house. Okay? So I steal a beam. And I, you know, I'm missing a couple uh, two by fours. I go to Rosenberg's backyard, take a couple two-by-fours, put in my house, and think nothing of it. Five years later, I go to a class, a discovery seminar, and they start telling me that, you know, you can't steal. I'm like, really? I didn't know that. Wow, you know, I really want to be a good yid. The problem is that the stuff that I took is supporting the house that I live in. So for me to do tshuva, and be beheshev esakzela shagazel. I got to dismantle my entire house. So the the chumim knew that that makes it harder to do tshuva. So they made a gzera. they made a decree, and they said like this: If there's ever a change that happened from the time that I stole it to its current setting, the halacha is you pay back value, you don't give back the actual item. We want to make tshuva a smoother process for people. We don't want to make it that if somebody if somebody wants to straighten up that the fallout is very hard to a point where people may not want to do the tshuva. So they made a takana sashav, okay? Which is, whenever there's a change or you did something with it, you put into a building, we're going to help you do tshuva and all you need to do is give back the value. You go back to Rosenberg's house, you knock on the door, you say, I took a couple two-by-fours, here's $50, and where's my two-by-fours? Yeah, I'm not telling you. But I want to know, don't worry, I have no chiv to give it back. Okay? It's called Takana Sashab. That's Gzeira Derabana. He says, you should know that when you steal something, Yish, the owner giving up on it, does not give you an acquisition either uh, both biblically 
and rabbinically. Okay? Which means, says Rabbi Yosef, you always must, Yish is not going to help you keep it. You always need to give it back. Asir, Rabbi Yosef, the Rabbah, Rabbi Yosef, that's a challenging question on Rabbah. And again, what's the homachalikas here? We know that Yish works by lost objects. Does Yish work by stolen objects? To say that the thief could keep it. So we now have machlaikas. Rabbah says yes, Rabbi Yosef says no. Asir, Rabbi Yosef, the Rabbah, Rabbi Yosef, that's a challenging question on Rabbah. Gozal chametz. If I steal chametz from the uh, the uh, Zephyrin family, a week before Pesach, I take a box of cookies. Okay. The over love of Pesach, and I hold on to those cookies over Pesach. So now it was in the domain of a Yid over Pesach, either my domain or your domain. And after Pesach, what do I do? Top of Amud Beis. I walk back to the Zephyr Mishbucha. I say, here's your cookies back. I want to do tshuva. And Michael stares at me and says, um, no, thank you. And I say, why not? He says, well, because I can't eat these cookies anyway. They're forbidden to benefit from because they were owned by a yid over Pesach. So you're not giving me back anything. And I say, a chocolate cookie is a chocolate cookie. This is what I took. This is what I'm giving back. Okay? Says the Mishnah. The thief could say, here's your cookie back. Ah, you can't eat it? That's your own halacha. It's your own problem. I'm giving you back your cookie. Baha'i, and by the chametz, in this case, since the time for prohibition came later, the owner certainly, right, cookies are taken. He knows that he can't eat it after Pesach. He certainly gave up hope. And if you're going to tell me that despair allows the thief to acquire it. So now what happened is like this. The thief owned it over Pesach. It's become his. After Pesach, could he go back to the owner and say, your thing is here? No, one second. If we said that abandonment gives acquired, I can't say your thing is here. He'll say to me, it's not mine. It became yours. Now give me back what you took, which is the value. I want $5 for the case of chocolate chip cookies. You have to pay back for value. You give back the value. You took value, give me back something of value. Don't give me back something that has no value anymore. There's zero, zero value to these cookies. Nothing I could do with it other than throw it in the garbage. There's nothing I could do. The fact that we say you could give it back is a proof that I was never, I never acquired it. Even though there was Yish. Amarle, Rabbi says to Rabbi Yosef, when do I say that Yish is kaina? That's only when the owner gives up hope and the thief wants to hold on to, wants to keep it. But by the case of Chamshav Pesach, the, the thief doesn't want to own it because that's going to give him another prohibition of owning it over Pesach. Okay? I'm not, I'm there's there's no sure value to him why, at all. Huh? Go ahead. I'm not quite sure why Yish would even be, I mean, uh, other than the, your case with Pesach, why Yish would even be a consideration because the very fact that this is going to Bezdin means that the, o- the original owner hasn't been the Yish. Otherwise, he wouldn't bring it to Bezdin. Okay. I think what he's miyayish on is ever using the cookies. Yeah, I'm not talking about Pesach. All the cases other than Pesach. Okay, go ahead. Because Pesach, Pesach like, passively changes the uh, usability of the... Agree. Okay, got it. Okay. Beyond Pesach, the fact that the owner is going to Bezdin and trying to... Recover 
the stolen objects that were taken from him means that he's not Miyaish. If he was Miyaish, he wouldn't be going to Besden. Okay. Let me give you let me give you a case though. The case is like this. Yanko steals an animal from Shmeru. Two witnesses walk into Besdin and say, we know that Yanko stole the animal from Shmeru. Oh, so it's not even the owner who's going to Besdin. Not necessarily. Right. Not, not, not even necessarily so. So, but you're right. In other words, it, you have to create a situation where the owner is showing up to Besdin for a reason. Okay. Yeah. Now the uh, the years could also be that he's giving up hope on ever getting it back in its current state. Doesn't necessarily mean he's giving up hope um, on ever getting back its value. So let's say I know somebody stole a package of chicken, which specifically at times of Gemara, no refrigeration, no freezers. So with yeah, within within two days, I know as an owner, I know it was stolen. But I also know the only thing I'm ever getting back possibly is the value. So I was miyayish on the chicken. I don't even want the chicken back. It's going to be spoiled and left out for a few hours. So you could also have yush on the item without having yush on on the, the value of what's going to be returned. That's another possibility. Okay? That's good. Okay. That's also an option. Yeah, thank you. Okay. So says the Gemara. Esri Abay Rabbo. Abay is challenging question on Rabbo. Carbonoi. If somebody brings in a, a carbon, his carbon, the Rebunshim doesn't want stolen carbonois. Okay. What's the case where we say bring an animal that's yours and nobody else's? If you're going to say the thief wants to bring a carbon as a sacrifice, I am fascinated by this because this is mamish me. It's mamish me. It's mamish so many of us. Um, but I could just talk for myself. Which is, you think to yourself, why does a thief want to bring a carbon? You're a ganav. You're a ganav. What do you don't bring sacrifice in the base of Mikdash? Teretz is... Yeah. Well then return the animal. What are you bringing it as a sacrifice for? You're bringing your stolen animal as a sacrifice. Oh, I see. It's, it's, you know what it is? It's being dishonest in business making it big, and then donating money to tzedakah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's just two parts to who we are. We, we, live, uh, we live in a world where we could be hypocritical and for some way, shape, or form, in some way our brains allow us to think like we're being righteous with what we're doing. You know? It's, you have a ganav, and this ganav is mamish, like... So sincere in bringing a sacrifice to base Hamikdash, he's bringing his stolen animal on the carbon as if this is normal. Okay, just just notice this because uh, it, it's possible we do some things like this. It's quite possible. Okay, What's the case? If the owner of the animal has not yet given up hope, Lamali Kra, why does the verse need to tell me you got to bring your animals to sacrifice? Pshita, of course you can't bring somebody else's animal to sacrifice. Yeah. Oh boy, am I a tzaddik. Yeah, tell me what happened. You know, uh, you know, uh, Jim, well, I broke into his bank account and I'm going to give you 10,000 of his dollars. What? Dude, right? Says the Gemara, if, if the Buzzard's telling me that the owner, the victimized owner 
has not yet given up hope on the animal. I need a pusuk to tell me that I can't take his animal on the base of Mikdash? What? what? Pshita, it's obvious you can't bring anybody else's animal as a carbon. rather, what's the case of a stolen animal? It's got to be where I stole the animal. The owner gave up hope. And now I want to bring it as a carbon. But the pusuk says, no. Carbonite. It's got to be your carbon. It's got to be the owner's given up hope. But why can't I bring the carbon now? If it's my, if the owner's given up hope, and I still can't bring it as a sacrifice, must be that I never acquired it. Okay, what are you going to respond to that? Even if the owner uh, was miyayish, he still has ownership. Okay, but the but the pasuk says you uh, the owner still has ownership. Owner has ownership. Okay, good, good. That that would be one way to wiggle. Anybody have another way to wiggle? There's something called mitzvah haba yedei aver, which means to do. Are you allowed to do a mitzvah through the performance of an aver? Okay. So Michael's bringing up something which would be on the. Victim side, where maybe you're given Yish doesn't necessarily give over. I hear an, an, an additional nakuda could be on the victim on the uh, thief side, which is maybe we just don't want any sort of mitzvah done that you were involved in stealing. That So let's get into this. Amalei Rava Rava says according to your reasoning that we need to be dealing with the case of after Yish and still we say you can't bring us it must be Yish like Kani if somebody when it comes to um, stealing something that becomes Tomei okay so Hektish you make it Tomei Mishkavai who was on the place where he lies down and this is not when the let's say you have somebody who's Tomei and he lies down on a couch which was uh, stolen. So that's not going to be included in the prohibition. Hechi dummy, what are we talking about? What's the case? Let's clarify. Ilema, if the case is we have somebody who's Tomei, the Gazal Amram, he stole wool, Avdi Mishkov, and he turns it into a bed. Everybody's going to agree that you acquired it by stealing wool and changing it into a bed. That, that's a, a, a big time change, and there's no question at all that there's a uh, there's no question at all that there's an acquisition. We're going to say the Gazal Mishkov the Chavre that he stole a ready made bed. What happened was you have a friend who already made his animal into hektish. He said, "I'm setting this aside as a carbon ayla, and I steal that and bring it to the base of mikdash." Okay, so over here there's no question because the original owner already made it hectish. That's what we're talking about. The original owner already already made it hectish, and um, and therefore you're really offering, you're bringing up the original owner's carbon for him, and Raba is not proven to be incorrect. Okay, let's keep going. We're still going to stick on this topic of uh, and the machlekas of whether or not Yish, when the owner gives up hope. When something is stolen, whether it allows the thief to fully acquire it. Esav Abayi asked a challenging question on his beloved Rebbe, Rebbe Yosef. 
If an owner has skins, machshava, the thought process makes it capable of becoming tamei. The shall abdon, but if it's a tanner, ain machshav metamosan doesn't allow it to become tamei. Shall ganov if you have leather of a thief, machshav metamosan thought makes it capable of becoming tamei. Shall gazlon, but a robber different than a thief, right? This is public. Ain machshav metamosan does not allow it to become tamei. Reb Shimon Eimerchilvadvarim switch it around. Shall gazlon if it's of a public thief, a robber, machshav metamosan then. Machshava does allow it to become tummy. Vishal Ganav is a thief. Ain Machshava Metamason. The Vishalain is Yashua Bam. The owner never gave up hope. Ushmamino Yush Kaina. Says Abaya proved from here that Yush despair allows you to acquire it. Okay. There's one detail. If anybody here is confused, there's one detail that you need to know to make this all make sense. This whole statement of this whole Brisa, which is like this Tuma impurity only kicks in on vessels. If something is in its most raw form, it is not susceptible to Tumah. So I'll give you an example. Schach, on top of our sukkahs. You're allowed to lay down simple wooden slats or specially made mats for schach. You cannot use bamboo mats from Lowe's or Menards or anywhere else that's used for fencing. Why not? It's the same bamboo. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You know why? Because when they made it, its intention is to be a fence. Its intention is to be a mat. And therefore, it is now a kli. It's a vessel. It's a usable. And it's not kosher for schach. Schach has to be incapable of becoming tame. It cannot be a kli. It cannot be a vessel. Once the maker of it decides that it's done, it's done. So... I chop wood. I love wooden cereal bowls. I don't, but let's pretend. So I make a wood, I start carving my wood. At what point is the bowl done? See, my kids, this happens all the time. My, my kids sit there and they're like, Ty, you want to see a fishy? Like, yeah, I want to see a fishy. And I start coloring. And I look over, I'm like, wow, that's a beautiful fishy. Doesn't look like a fishy, but it's a beautiful fishy. And they say, well, I'm not done yet. I'm like, oh, sorry. Okay. Sometimes when I come back, it still doesn't look like a fishy. But I thought they were done. They said, I'm not done. Okay. You're not done. Why? Because you're making the picture. You decided you're not done. The same thing holds true by vessels. The owner decides by these skins in the brisa, you have somebody, a balabayas who has skins. It's the machshava, says the price. It's the thought process of the owner of the skins to tell us when it became leather. When he's done the process, he says, now I'm done working on this. I'm done my picture. I'm done the skins. Now it's capable of becoming tummy. If he's not done and a dead body touches it, it's still pure. Machshava, it's the thought process of the owner that makes it tummy. Now in this brisa, it says that... When you steal it, depending on the theft, also, whose thought process is going to complete the, the hides? Either the Ghana or the Gazan, depending on how you do it, depending on which opinion you hold like. Okay? Now, by a Gazlan, it's, the, the guy stole it straight from you, so you're aware, you're Miyayish right away. By a Ghana, it might be different. 
The bottom line is the fact that we allow a gazlan, our public robber, to, to be the machshava, the, the one giving the thought to complete the leathers to make capable of becoming tummy means yiyush, despair on the owner's part, allowed the gazlan to own it. Because we said the, own, the gazlan's mind decides when it's done. Who are you? You're not the owner unless we say you are. So here we go. Beautiful. Says uh, Abaye to Rabbi Yosef. You see from over here the fact that despair of the, of the gazlan of the Gazan is valid, is what allows, it's his das that allows it, that, that allows it to become a vessel. You see from over here, Yush is kind of. Okay? Beautiful. Says the Gemara, by the way, there's, one, there's an important life message in this. It's an incredible thing. And that is, when things are untampered with, that's when you have the most emes. Sometimes in life we think that it's the, it's the rawest and most basic things that are simple. And like, that's for like shallow, simple things. It's mamish fakert. Yeah. You go out into the world, and my father's kind of the would say, the Rabbanishnam didn't make a world with paved streets. You ever go out into nature where it's been like that since Maisa Beratius, untouched by humanity, even though you were supposed to build up the world? And they're supposed to be cities, of course. When you go out into nature, you see things in its most purest form. It's, it's, it's just tahar. You see, you, see, you see the shechina. The same thing holds true with Toma and Tara. Things in its most rawest form are not makabal Toma. It's not capable of becoming Tome. It's how the Rabban Shalom made it. If Rabban Shalom made it like this, it can't become Tome. It's just tar. It's a piece of wood. It's tar. Once humans get involved, it's capable of becoming tummy. Once you change it. Again, it's not a bad thing. Rabbi Yishol made it in this way. But it's a, it's a very profound message over here. Amar Leh, Rabbi says back to, to Abaye. What are we dealing with in that case? For example, Shekitzan, where it's not just the machshava and the yish of the owner, but the, the, the robber um, or the, the gazlan or the ganav or the thief uh, cut the hides. So Himamis changed it. And that's why, and therefore it's different. It's not the Yish that acquired it, it was the Shinoi Maisa, it was the change. Master Rabbi 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 has a challenging question. But are we teaching over here about an itzva? Now, what's an itzva? Let's explain. The itzva in Srichu Kitsua. An itzva doesn't need Kitsua. Kitsua means cutting. Now, what's an itzva? What's Kitsua? Here we go. It's not. We learned in the Mishnah. Every time we're not missing any sort of work. From this item, then your machshava causes it to become capable of becoming tameh. It's still missing work. Except for an itzvah. What's an itzvah? An itzvah is a tray. Now, what does this mean like this? We learned before that once the owner of the skins, of the wood, decides that his bowl is done, it's capable of becoming tameh. There's a catch to this. And that is, that's only true if it's a bull. You can't be a lunatic and say, take a piece of wood and say, this is my bull. Where's, where's the bull? Even though your machshava decided it's a bull, you just might be a nut. That's not a bull, it's a piece of wood. If you have malacha, if you worked, and it's shaykh to being a completed article, 
We get it. Your machshava tells us it's done. You're the artist, you said your painting's done. But, I think there was a mice like this recently. Some artist was paid five figures to, do, to, to make like a beautiful painting. He showed up after two months with an empty canvas. You heard about this? And he demanded full payment. And he named his art Empty Canvas. He did nothing. Gunisht. Yeah. It's also a message in life, right? There's two guys hanging outside 7-Eleven. There's a big sign. Not a big sign. There's a sign in front of most 7-Elevens. It says, no loitering. So these two guys are just sitting on the curb. So a cop comes down. Says to one of the guys, he says, hey, buddy, what are you doing here? The guy says, nothing. He says to the other guy, what are you doing? He says, I'm helping him. I'm helping him. Yeah. Sometimes we go through life <laughs> and we're helping nothing. Yeah, we're helping nothing. Yeah, people have all sorts of Michigan causes. What are you doing? I don't know. My said's not like what? What is this? What? What? What are you doing? It's Pasha. You show up. You come up. It's an empty canvas. It's like what? Nothing there, Pasha. There's, not, there's nothing happened. So says says the the Gemara. Says the Mishnah. Where do we say your mind completes the malacha? Of the Kli, that's when Melacha was done. But if there's still Chesar and Melacha, if you look at that thing now, and the owner's like, yeah, I'm done. And you're like, what? You didn't cut, that's not a picture. It's an empty canvas. That's not a bowl. That's not a table. That's not a, it's Chesar and Melacha. I don't care if you think you're done. You're not done. <laughs> you ever have that? Yeah, I'm, clean your room. I'm done. 30 seconds later. Yeah, what'd you do? I shoved all my clothes under my bed. You're not done. Yeah, get out. Get back into your room and fold your fold fold your clean laundry. Right, put it put it away. You're not done. And your machshava, you think you're done, but there's malacha to be done. Okay, and therefore says the, says the Gemara when the Mishnah says that the that the Ganav thought that the hides are done to make it capable of becoming tame. You see, this is true even when he didn't do any sort of malacha. Hence, we're back to our question. By stories must be that the acquisition of a thief is based upon Yish. Rather, Rabbi says, You should know, this back and forth was, uh, was a, um, very difficult for Rabba and Rabbi Yosef for 22 years. 22 years. They didn't know what to do with this. How to handle these, these Mishnahis. They didn't figure it out. Until Rabbi Yosef was appointed Rosh Hashiva, incredible, and he he ultimately uh, figured out the halacha. Okay, this is in such an incredible limut. Says Rashi, Rabba was um, Rabba was Rosh Hashiva, and when he passed away, Rabbi Yosef was appointed Rosh Hashiva. The difference in Rabba and Rabbi Yosef, okay, the difference in Rabba and Rabbi Yosef is that Rabba was very sharp. A lot of pilpul, uncovered layers, and and Rabbi Yosef was Sinai. Rabbi Yosef had very broad knowledge. Two different styles of learning, right? Both gedolei Ailam, two different kaiches. Uh, all the gedolei we have now, eh? every gadol has own kaiach. Comes from Rabbi was was sharp, analytical. Rabbi Yosef was a lot of information, very broad. 
when Rabbi Yosef was appointed Rosh Hashiva, he had the Siyat HaDashmaya to get an answer to this. But before he was appointed Rosh Hashiva, no Siyat HaDashmaya. What do you learn from here? What do you learn from here? When you take Akhrayis for a Tzibor, the Rabbi Hashem just gives you Hatzlacha depending on the Shosh HaTzibor. Nothing to do with you. That's nothing to do with it. Rabbi Yosef took on the, the, Yosef took on the responsibility for the Yeshiva, and then Rabbi Hashem gave him the Teretz. Gave him the answer. Okay? That's why it's telling us Otherwise, why does the Gemara need to tell us? It took them 22 years, they couldn't figure it out. It's letting us know this message. When Rabbi Yosef was appointed Rashi, the Ban Shalom helped him figure it out. Shini Hashem Kishino Dami, which is that it, when it changes its name, it's like it's mamish like a physical change. Shino Ma'isa, my time, why when something changes physically, why do you acquire it? Hasam Eikara Eitzim, Hashtakelin, because before it was a piece of wood, now it's a bowl. Shini Hashem Nami, Meikara, originally Karle Mashka, it used to be called skins. And now it's changed to be called a mat, a tray, so on and so forth. <coughs> but by a marish, this is the case of the beam that you stole to build your house. <coughs> Excuse me. Beforehand, it was a beam. Now, what is it? A support beam. Now it's a, a house. Spamish part of your house. To make karakshura, before it was called a beam, now it's called a ceiling. Utran and the Mishnah says, If you steal a piece of wood, you put it into a house. All you all the all you pay back for tshuva is to give back the value because of the the special decree the Chum made for you. You don't need to give back the beam; you just give back the value. Time of Why don't you give back the beam? Because the special gzera derabanan on top of tomorrow's daf. But if not for the special gzera derabanan. What would be the halacha? You got to give back the beams. You see from over here, just in the fact that the name changed doesn't mean you acquire it. See, I would have had to give it back even though the name changed. Why don't I? The chama made it easier to do tshuva. But in general, you do need to give it back. In response to that challenging question, he says, no. He says, a beam is a beam, whether it's in the house, whether it's out of the house. Don't tell me now it's called a house, a ceiling. No. A beam is a beam. When you look up at your ceiling, you see a beam. Titania, Tzali Sabayas, Elo Amatalan, Elo Marishas, same thing. Yeah, the ceilings are also the beams. And therefore, says Rabbi Yosef, by the beam, where the name never changed, you should have had to give back the beam. Why don't I? Because of the Xerah Derabbanan, to make it easier on Shuva. But over here, the name Mamish changed. And maybe when the name Mamish changed, you don't need to give it back. Rabbi says, he says another reason why there's no proof against Rabbi Yosef, and he says because by a beam, even though you've made it a ceiling now, it's possible to take apart the ceiling. Are you ganu? No, because the Rabbanu made it you don't have to. But anytime something changes and it can go back to its original form, that's not called a shinoi hashem. It's not called the change name because you can always go back. Which means if I have a, a piece of wood and I mold it into a bowl, can that bowl ever go back to being a plain piece of wood? No. Therefore, it's now a bowl. That's called a change in name. It can never go back to its original form. And that's where we're going to say it changed and you made an acquisition. But by the beam, there's no sheen. It could go back. You could technically take it apart and call it a beam again. Hence, over there, you need Takanas Hashavim. But without the Takanas Hashavim, again, without the rabbi's decree that you could keep the beam in your house, would you have to give it back? Yes. And therefore, Rabbi Yosef is not disproven. We'll hold it here for today. And pick up from Vishina Hashem Shaina Khaizer. We'll pick up from there tomorrow, Bez Hashem, 5 30 p.m. Hopefully from Yushalayim. Have a wonderful day, Khabar.